guys are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Love it. Hey, don't miss that. Seriously, uh, that ministry, what Frank is leading uh, with his other leaders, is just a really cool ministry. Um, and so, hey, mark that mark that night off and, and get here. Bring a friend or two. It'll be a fun night indeed. Um, but, hey, we are glad you're here. Go Red Legs, right? <sighs> Guys, listen, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm like, gee whiz, what that dude did yesterday, he, Ellie is unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, fun to watch, really exciting time, and hey, all-star break, guess who's going to be leading the NL Central? <laughs> We're here for Jesus, guys. Let's get into this, all right? Let's get into it. Um, hey, we are glad you're here. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know, hopefully you're not getting sick of me. I'm back again, and we're going to continue to wax on 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We've been in this series called the New Covenant Review, where Paul is talking about the new way, the new covenant, which is founded, rooted in Christ, that his sacrifice for you and me is a new thing that God has done, and restoring people to him, and that this new way of life is so much better than the old way, that this new way of life, uh, is, it doesn't fade away. And so today, as we continue in this, we're going to do some things a little differently. I am personally excited because what I'm going to be doing is kind of setting up mainly the scripture focus for this weekend. We're going to talk through the next, the next couple of passages, and then I'm excited to give way to Claire Brown Creel. She's going to come in and talk about Lydia's missions, and I really, man, I've been praying hard for this weekend because she and what she is doing and what God is doing through her and her husband and her leaders is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And the reason we are bringing her in here is because she just happened to be back for a few, for a few couple of months in the summer because she's a missionary, full-time missionary. So she goes around trying to raise support for what she's doing. So when she comes back, she's traveling to churches sharing about the mission of Lydia's mission, mission of Lydia's mission, right? And what God is doing in South Africa. So I just hope that when she gets out here, you have an open heart and open ears to what she's sharing. And maybe the spirit will be moving in you in ways that you never fathom. Maybe ways that you just say, hey, I want to support through prayer and, and, and just maybe getting involved in other ways. Um, but we're excited. That's why the whole atrium is set up. It's Claire Brown, Creole Weekend, Lydia's Mission Weekend, and we're excited what God's doing. And so let's jump into this this week. This week, you've been with me for, man, we've been in this for four weeks. We've talked about how the new covenant uh, brings about a new fragrance to God that we are covered by Christ's sacrifice, almost in the, old, in, in the Old Testament terms, like a burnt offering. You remember we talked about that, that we, were not on, we weren't even on a level playing field with God. We never will be. But for us to be able to come into his presence, we, we used to sacrifice animals to make it better, to make it right, to walk into his presence. And that aroma would waft up to God, and he would just, almost like this anthropomorphic, he would smell, and it would smell it was good. And so Jesus was the new sacrifice to end all sacrifices that when you walk in this new covenant, this new agreement with Jesus, what he's done for you, it is an aroma that wafts up to God. He smells that, and he is pleased because of that. And so we've talked about a new letter. Levi talked part one. I did part two. We talked about how the old covenant was written on stone, the Mosaic law, the Mosaic covenant, and that this new letter, is, the Spirit has written on your heart what God is doing. And today we're going to talk about in this new way, this new covenant is kind of weird, but there is a new face with it. And so I'm going to read through the scripture first, and then we're going to break it down a little bit, if that's all right with you, okay? So join me, read with me. You'll see it on the screens here, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul continues on. And again, when you hear old way, he's talking old covenant. He's talking about the Mosaic law. 
And he's talking on this because, again, remember, he is writing to his church in Corinth about issues that are in the church. There are people in the church teaching and practicing that the old way is a real true way to follow. And Paul is trying to tell them the old way is not it, guys. You're missing out. The old way is over with. The new has come, and it's much better. So he continues to talk on that. The old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God. Even though the brightness was already fading away, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? And I'm going to pause here. You're going to be like, what the heck is Paul talking about? The glory shining on Moses' face. If you go back to Exodus, you remember the first time, the first attempt, Moses goes up Mount Sinai to get the tablets. In the first attempt, he comes down to find his people, right, worshiping a false god, the golden calf. And if you remember, he is so outraged, he throws the tablets down and breaks them. Well, he goes back up Mount Sinai to do it over again. But in this journey, something cool kind of happens. In the presence of God, he didn't know this, but being in the presence of God who's so glorious, it was like a, a righteous sunburn he got that he comes down the mountain and it says his face was shining with the glory of God. In fact, it was so bright that he, he would cover it with a veil because people were kind of awestruck. They were almost kind of afraid. And then it would fade away, but whenever he would go into the presence of God, it would happen again. And so Paul is alluding to this. He's talking about this. And so let's continue going on to, our, to the second half of this. If the old way, which brings condemnation, was so glorious, again, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Glory is a pretty common theme here, right? What he's talking about is this, okay? God passed these laws down to Moses, the series of commands, the law, the Mosaic law, which many were practicing throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, the church is growing. Paul and his followers of the way, those who follow Christ, were constantly struggling with this battle with others who couldn't kind of get rid of the old way. They were so deeply entrenched in them that they, they struggled to kind of pass on from that, to move away from it. And he is telling them, listen, the old way, the old covenant, the laws that were passed down on stone were laws that were passed down to show you you couldn't measure up. They were laws that were passed down that said no one can keep these. So when he says, if you hold to the old way, the old way led to death, is what he's saying. That you could not hold these covenant laws. We could not practice it. We tried. That's why there were sacrifices that were made. Each and every day, you would wake up. You would make sacrifices because you knew you couldn't measure up. You couldn't keep the law until Jesus came. Jesus was the sacrifice that was made for you to make you right in the sight of God, right? And so, you, so what Paul is saying is the new covenant, the new agreement, the, this messianic covenant brings life. And so he's telling them, you and the people before you thought the old way was so great, was so glorious, but it led to death. And in fact, the glory of that old way was a fading glory. Each and every day, that glory would fade because you couldn't keep the law. 
Now comes Jesus. And in this new way of life, it is life-giving. That under Christ, you have been made right before God. And it never fades away. So he's telling them, the glory of this new thing far surpasses the old way. So give it up, guys and gals. In Jesus, you've been made right. And life-giving agreement you make with Christ. It's, it's just a, it's a cool thing. That's why I love so much the Old Testament. People say, why, why the Old Testament? Paul, everyone, Jesus, Paul, others quote from it constantly. Paul pulls from Exodus here to make a point that even then, the followers of God were amazed and, and glory-stricken by what Moses and God were doing. But now, something far greater is taking place. And it's a thing, a new way of life that breathes life into every one of us. And so today, we're going to talk about how the new covenant brings about this new face. And I want to ask you, much like you, you see a, a woman who is pregnant, right? What is they? They say, oh, you are glowing, right? I think that's a good thing, right? 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 And that's what I want to ask. Are you glowing? Is your face glowed? Is it shown the glory of what Christ has done for you? And that's what, it, that's, what, that's what it's all about, that Paul is talking about this new glory we walk under, what Christ has done. You've been made right. Does your face show that? And so today, when Claire comes out here, here in a little bit, I want you to hear her story because her story and what God is doing through her, in her, and through her ministry, and everyone that works with her, is their face is shining bright for the glory of Christ. And it shines bright in some of the darkest recesses of South Africa where that light is shining off her face and others that come in contact with her, and they are hearing a message of hope, restoration, and a life-giving Savior for them. And so that is it. She's going to share some things about what, she, what Christ is doing. But more importantly, I want to just, my prayer for our church is that when we walk out of here, week to week, day to day, into your cubicle life, into your living rooms, with your teams that you lead, whatever it is, fill in the context with whatever it is for you. Does your face shine bright with the realization that you have been made right before God because of a Savior who died? Because like you and me, it's a thing that we can constantly lose sight of. And I think of all the people here that the ministries where volunteers are involved in the back with SBK, their faces are shining bright with Christ as little kids walk in. All the various ministries that are going on. Last week, I got to experience this because, I don't know, I think I've shared this before, uh, Reverie, I think a lot of people just think of this as this, just a venue for weddings and funerals. But it is so much more. I, man, I wish you could experience it. So I run audio, video, I run tech for a lot of the things they do. And last week, there was a wedding here. And you kind of know the story. We get to hear the story a little bit, but you knew it was so much more than just a simple wedding. The bride and groom, obviously, they prepared for that day. But something, something bigger was going on. You see, the bride, it was really cool. They got married on July 1st. The bride's parents were married on July 1st, so they'll have that day together. But the groom's mom, for a year and a half, had been looking for a liver transplant. You could tell, like, wasn't doing great. Um, I don't even know, to be honest with you, if she thought she could be able to attend. But it was really amazing to see the Reverie team surround this family, accommodate them, and, and to be honest with you, shine the face of Christ to her. Got her in, made her feel comfortable, 
And it was just a really cool thing. You know, I'm standing back there doing the audio, the video stuff, and all this stuff. And I was blown away. July 1st was their wedding. That morning, she got a call. That the very next day, she was getting a new liver. It was beautiful. I share that because, hey, that venue is so much more than surface level. These are the stories that are coming out left and right. That night during the reception, everyone is gathered in a large crowd praying over her. Our team is a part of that. It's just just something that I think not a lot of people thought about. That, oh, it's a wedding, funeral. No, 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 it's so much more. There are stories like that coming up left and right. Stories of people who have checked out a church because the team of Reverie made them feel so welcome. Man, there's gotta be something to this church. And what I wanna say to you and online and people who are watching, This is strictly because of your generosity. That place wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your generosity. That team wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your generosity. And so it's one of those reminders that, hey, if that's something that you feel called to do or pulled to do, man, you can do that on a weekly basis here with Southbrook. Maybe it's a one-time, I don't know. It's whatever God's doing inside of you. You can always jump on push pay and, and give through that. You could give through the boxes here in the room. I just wanna let you know that what you do what you give, whatever the Spirit leads you to do, strictly impacts what Southbrook is trying to do in Reverie and other ministry areas. We want to thank you for that. And now I'm going to get the heck out of the way. All right? I get long-winded up here, right? Um, I am, Southbrook, I am super excited. And I hope you will make her feel welcome. Claire's going to be out here in a minute. But first, I want you to watch the screens because you're going to get a little background to Lydia's mission and their story. And then it's going to be Claire. So please, open ears, open eyes to what God's doing. Thank you. My name is Claire Brown Creel. I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. Kind of anytime the church doors were open growing up, I was there. And uh, that kind of became my my social networking as well, of just hanging out there. Uh, My mom was on staff at our home church for 17 years. Um, So whether it was going in and helping her with her work or serving as I got older, or just attending the youth programming and started going on my first mission trip in sixth grade and ended up going on 18 mission trips uh, by the time I graduated college. I had a deep heart for the Lord from a young age, deep heart for missions. My first time to Africa was in Swaziland, now Eswatini, was in 2012, and that really secured the passion for Africa. As a little, little kid, I told my mom I wanted to go to Africa and study the monkeys, so I was half right in that. Um, And so that just opened my eyes to Africa for the first time. When I was at university, I knew Africa and I knew I wanted to serve as a missionary. So I ended up with a a team organization um, up in Ethiopia and loved Ethiopia, loved the people, loved the culture, but kept getting sick. So I got medically back twice and realized, okay, my body can't physically stay healthy here, so I need to find a new location. Um, And so that's when I began looking down at South Africa where I had some friends and that's kind of what led me to Bud Plus. And once I was here, kind of fell in love with what the Lord had. I've known Claire for possibly, well, since she came to Bud Plus before she started Lydia's mission. Um, Claire was a young missionary that came here and um, I met her through some Bible study groups. I was living in a house and the monkeys kept scattering my trash that I would put outside. My landlord at the time said they would send someone once a week to collect the trash if I just set it outside. Well, the monkeys made a game out of it. And so out of my frustration, I began asking around in the community, where is the garbage dump? What, how can I get rid of my trash? So out of frustration, I put my smelly trash in my car, 
and I drove to the garbage dump and I wasn't prepared with what God was about to do there. As I pulled in, the ladies opened the doors to my car and began grabbing and fighting over my trash. And at this point, I didn't know if it was for the moldy food that I was throwing away or what was going on, but they literally began ripping open the bags and fighting with each other for the things that I had just thrown away. And it just instantly broke my heart. And it was at that moment I felt God speak as saying, this is where I want you. I went back the next day with a translator and began asking the ladies, what were you doing? Why were you fighting? What was going on? And they began to tell me their story, how they only get paid based on the weight of the things they collect and recycle, like cardboard, glass, plastic, tin. And so they were fighting over it because they each have their own piles. And based on what they can put in their pile is how they get income to support their families. And it just continued the story of breaking my heart and the Lord saying, I want you here. So I asked them, can I come back every week and meet with you guys for an hour and just began sharing about Jesus with you? And they were so open and receptive to it. And that's really where the, the women's ministry part of Lydia's mission really launched. So as I began sharing Christ with them and meeting with them week after week, you could see hope just returning to their eyes and their, their faces would just light up where before they just looked down and, and they literally wouldn't make eye contact. And one by one, they accepted Jesus. And then I began asking them, do they want to get baptized? And they were all kind of hesitant and I didn't quite understand why. And they just said, we're so full of shame and we're getting so much shame from our community because this is a place that we work. And I said, you are now daughters of the king. There's nothing that can be shameful. You are, you are a princess, you are God's royalty. So I said, if we do baptisms, my one requirement is that I do them here in the garbage dump. Because I wanted to them to realize that it didn't matter where they worked or what they did for a living, that they were loved and valued by God. So I took three hours to transport water in a kiddie swimming pool to the garbage dump, and one by one began baptizing them there as they gave their lives to Christ. And it has just been amazing and powerful to see the group continue to grow and more and more come to the Lord after this, but also how they've taken the message of Christ and shared it with their children and their grandchildren, who now a lot of them have accepted Jesus. So it's just been really powerful key moments along the journey. Claire is uniquely qualified to do what she's doing. It doesn't, she doesn't seem to stop. She seems to dream and fulfill the dream that God's given her. One day she woke up, she needed to build a new sewing center and she got Isaac, she planned the stuff, got the funds, and there she was. So she doesn't, she gets a dream. If she gets a desire to do something, she doesn't, she, she, she does it. She, she, she carries it through to the end. It's a blessing to be here, to be, to, to be living here and to help, to help Claire fulfill the vision that God's given her. Well, I think she's a very enterprising young woman. She's got Kuzba. Um, She's come to a strange country. She's been on her own. She's taken on people that need help. She has um, had the, the courage to grow. But since I've been here on Lydia's mission, I've certainly seen a lot of growth. Um, a lot has happened. They've built the distribution center. They're building the new sewing center. She's upgraded the Bry area. She's built the Boma. There's been a new garden put in. There's been a new coop with another thousand chickens put in. Um, there's just been so much growth. It's actually quite incredible how much it's grown just in the short time that I've been here. And the first year that I started was the year of COVID. 
where not much happened. So given that fact, um, I think it's pretty incredible how much has happened here since since I've been here. Uh, we all pray for Claire. She doesn't get tired or weary doing this because there's still so many women and children out there who will really be changed by what she's doing. And I pray, and we all pray, for more Americans or other people out there to come and join her in doing this. My dream and hope for Lydia's mission and in this uh, immediate community where we serve is that in five years from now, we won't hear or see children going to bed hungry because those are resources that are already there and available for them. My hope is that we would have 75 plus staff um, that are able to be given full-time jobs and salaries to healthily break the cycle of poverty in their own lives. My hope is that our children's programming and our go-go centers and all the different aspects that we do will continue to grow and reach further and further um, so that the message of Christ would be widely spread and known. That they wouldn't see us as Lydia's mission and wouldn't see me as Claire as the founder, but that they would see Jesus in everything that we do and that he would be made known and that they would know there's something different about us, not because of the way we talk, not because of what we do, but they would see Jesus through the love that they're experiencing. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Southbrook. It is so good to be with you in person. Um, like I said, I was born and raised in this church. Um, anytime the church doors open, I was here. Um, and for the weeks that I'm not here, in the years that I'm not here, I often watch online. So greetings to all of those online. Um, I'm normally one of those with you as well. Um, to greet you in the local language is Saswati, and it's Sani Bonani. So it would be a greeting to all of you. Um, it is such a pleasure and an honor to be able to come here today and be a part of this church family and to share what God is doing in South Africa because he is on the move in some powerful ways. I want to go ahead and pull up our first slide. If you'll, um, so we operate in rural South Africa, about three hours from Johannesburg in a little town called Bud Plus or Imenzana. There's two names it goes by. And it is, our ministry is rooted in Christ. We do a lot to meet the physical as a way and an opportunity to meet the spiritual. If I come up to you as a random stranger on the, on the road and I start telling you about Jesus, you're going to automatically put up a defense, even if you know Jesus, because you're like, who are you and why are you talking to me? It's a human nature. And so we do a lot to meet the physical to kind of get that guard to drop down for them to build a relationship, to then have the right and the, the trust to begin sharing who Jesus is and to speak into their lives. Um, so we do a lot in those regards for the ministry. Um, if you want to pull back up the slide? Thanks. All right. Um, so as you saw in the video, it all started in the garbage dump. And this is a place that not many people like to go to. This is a place that the women that I found there were there only out of desperation of trying to care for their family, trying to get food and money and income to support their family. They're not paid by the number of hours that they're there. They're only paid based on what they can recycle and the weight of it once the recycling truck comes to buy it. Sometimes it's months before that truck comes. 
Um, actually, yet to this year has the truck come to buy the recycling, and we're almost halfway through the year. But God is moving there, and you saw in the video, there's one giant tree under the, the garbage dump, and that is what we call our church. Rain or shine, we are under that church. We are under that tree. We sit very carefully because all the chairs, not like here, but all the chairs that we use for our church are what have come in through the garbage dump. So most have two legs, some have three if you're lucky, but it's a little bit of a balancing game. It's not uncommon for someone to fall over during church because of the chairs, but we use what is there. And I love one of the ladies, she told me, she said, my friend kept saying, why do you go to the garbage dump every Wednesday? She said, well, Jesus is there. And they're like, but that's the garbage dump. She said, I know, but Jesus is still there. It doesn't smell good, but Jesus is there. So God is moving in this place and we continue just to grow um, the ministry from that standpoint. This is Nimvula here in the photo. Um, she was one working at the garbage dump that we have now hired on our ministry center farm, which you'll hear about more in a second. Um, but she has to break the glass bottles for the recycling truck to come and gather them. Um, so this is one of the things that she was doing. But we really focus on meeting her need, embracing her heart, and transforming her world. So I want to tell you a story about my friend Martha. So the picture on the right was the very first time I met Martha. Like what happened in the States when COVID happened, everything went into hard lockdown. A lot of things you couldn't just freely move about when you wanted to. In South Africa, you were allowed to go out of your house to go to the grocery store and then go back. But you weren't allowed to go out any other times. Now, most of the people that we're meeting with said, well, that's great, we're allowed to go to the grocery store, but we have no means of getting money to be able to afford the food at the grocery store. So I got a call from Martha and her family, and they said, we haven't eaten in four days. Is there anything you can do to help? So I was able to gather uh, some of our emergency food parcels. I was out almost every day during hard lockdown delivering emergency food parcels to people in need. And when I got to Martha, she literally fell at my feet and began weeping on my feet because she said, I had no idea how we were going to get money or when we were going to get money to be able to afford to buy food again. It's her husband and their two children. She said, I was completely hopeless. It's, it's hard to imagine being in that place in your life to look at your two children and say, I'm sorry, I still don't have food for you and I don't know when I'm going to get food for you again. So she began weeping. She got hope, not from me, but from God. And fast forward to now, she comes every single Wednesday to the garbage dump. She is part of the group. The other photo on the right hand of that slide is her now. She always, always apologizes to the group because she says, I just can't keep quiet. I have to tell you what Jesus is doing in my life. So she's always talking and celebrating. But God has moved in her life in such a powerful way. She is on fire for him. And you can see a drastic difference of hopelessness to hope because what God has done. And that is just one story of what God is doing through the garbage dump. We learned very quickly throughout the, the ministry that as we helped the women, we had to help the children. Um, and you'll hear Sonia. now another story of, of the women. This is Santo. I came to this group today just to worship God. Um, I just love uh, listening to the teachings Claire gives us every Wednesday. So I think I've been here for a year now. I had six kids. One of them passed away. I'm only left with five now. 
every Wednesday when I listen to the sermon, I then take whatever I uh, I got from the sermon, I take it home with and share it with my kids. Now we are able to sit down and talk about everything freedom. What I like about teaching is that, firstly, I like her kindness. Whenever she is reading a Bible for us, she is patient. Sometimes we come to the group uh, not as happy as some other days because of the stress we go through at home. But just when she starts preaching to us, we are able to listen. She's able to catch everybody's attention. We just listen to her. I remember there was a time when I was facing so many challenges in life. My brother was beaten up by a snake and my, my daughter was very sick. She had to go for a heart surgery. And I remember uh, one day Claire came here carrying a bag uh, full of rugs, which she carried just to demonstrate that whenever we are carrying these burdens, it becomes exactly like the burdens she was showing uh, uh, to us. So she says, you can't carry this bag and bring it to God. Once you submit it before God, you go back and then you come back and grab it uh, again. You just have to submit it for good, like hand it all to God. Surrender all the troubles to God. He will help you through them. That lesson gave me freedom. There is so much I wish to achieve before. But instead of being anxious all the time, now I'm able to just focus on God and forget about all the things that I know that I don't have at the moment. Oh, I know for sure that at home there is things I need but I don't have. But instead of worrying about all of that, I just know that my God is there to help comfort me. And I know that when I kneel down and pray to Him, then I regain my joy. I know I feel better. I feel at peace. I feel like I have everything, even though I know that I don't have much. So God is my only joy. So that's Santo's story. And it is so powerful that even in the midst of hardships, Having your daughter go through open heart surgery in a third world country is not for the faint of heart. It's not something I'd ever wish. Um, but God has been moving in her life, and her daughter has made a full recovery. Her brother, who was bitten by the snake, who gave less than 5% chance of survival, has, has thrived now and is surviving and is back to full health. So God is moving in the testimonies there. Um, this next slide I want to show you, this is our ministry center farm. So we have 70 acres, and we do multiple different ministries on this property. So on the far right, you can kind of see it looks like greenhouse tunnels, so the gardens with the plastic over them. It's about the size of an American football field, and we're using this as an income-generating project and a job creation so we can get the ladies out of the garbage dump. So we just finished our first growing season in that tunnel, and we grew green peppers and tomatoes. And in there, we grew about 12 tons of green peppers and tomatoes. All of that goes to sell to offset costs of the ministry. Um, we know we run a lot on donations and donors, but we're trying our best to be good stewards with the funds that we have and the opportunities and the, the resources we have to make the most use of it. And so this is one of those projects. We also have four other garden structures on the property that we use to grow food for the kids and the elderly that we feed on a daily basis. 
And um, we also have a sewing project on this farm and our chicken project for eggs. So we have a thousand chickens right now and we sell the eggs for as income. So all of these are different things that we're trying on a small scale and then growing as we see they work to help support the ministry as we continue to grow. Um, next is, uh, I want to tell you about a story of one of our kids. Um, we do take children's um, safety and privacy and all of that to, to mind, so that's why his face is blocked out in this, and I will be changing his name. Um, so this is my friend Mandla. So Mandla um, is the short one in the middle. You may look at it and see um, he may look eight, nine years old to you. He's 15. He is, uh, when we found him, he's severely malnourished. He had a very distended belly, which is kind of the malnutrition that we see in South Africa. We don't see the skin and bones. Um, and he had worms. Um, he also is HIV positive and that had gone into full-blown AIDS and TB. So um, in the video, you saw our medical nurse, Inika. She was the first um, woman that talked. So she helps evaluate all of our children at our, our feeding centers, our hope centers. We have five different hope centers with 1,000 kids a day that we feed and serve. Um, so we were able to help Mandla and get him some help medically. We were able to support his mother, who's to the left of him in that photo as well. Um, he kept saying, I'm getting really bullied. I don't have any friends because he is so short for his age. And after he started coming to the Hope Center, where they have a weekly Bible club, where they get to learn about Jesus, he accepted Jesus and said, now I have a best friend. It is Jesus. So it was so sweet to see how he's come along. He's looking so much better. He had open wounds and sores all over his body when we first met him. And now those are all cleared up. He says his skin doesn't itch anymore. So just small little things that are making a huge difference. Also, at our um, Hope Centers, these are some of our kids. Um, you, they have educational tutoring. They get a hot meal every single day. They have cooks and mothers that get a love on them. Um, Portia, our children's director, goes once a week to each of the different sites, gets to share Jesus with them, gets to do a craft, interact with them, get to learn their stories. And all of this care that we get to surround them with to set them up for the best success. We know one of the biggest ways to break the cycle of poverty is to educate these children. And that is one of the things that we're trying to do. It takes us $10 to care for a child in, in a month for all of those things that I just described. So money can go quite far in South Africa, which is a huge blessing in that regards. Um, another part of our ministry is our GoGo Center. So GoGo in the local language to Swati means grandmother. So basically, it's our elderly center. We have about 85 elderly that come on a daily basis. They also get cared for medically. They get fed breakfast and lunch. And then we really started this right after COVID. They realized that they were a very isolated group of people. Um, and they said, we need somewhere where we can come together, where we can be socialized, where we can interact. So we built this center right after COVID. So it's been operating for about two years. And they said, this is our center. These are our people. They love to come in. I go every Tuesday and preach a sermon to them. They're dancing up and around as they worship, raising up their canes, um, then crutching a few, and then raising up their canes again. Um, but the Spirit of God is in this place, and it is so powerful to see even how one of my staff, Magda, has come along, and she's viewed this now as her own ministry. I hired her to cook for them, and now she comes early. If they need prayer, she says, please tell me. She says, let me turn down the food so I don't burn it, but then let's sit down and pray. And she's really grabbed this hold as her own. Um, and it's part of what we do is we try to empower 
and not enable. We don't want to just give a bunch of things and build attitudes where it's give me, give me, give me, and if they say the right thing, they feel like they press the buttons on us as ATMs and just spit out the money. But we really try to engage and equip them with skills where we can and, and really build a better future for them. So this is some of our elderly here. Um, we also started teaching them different handcrafts. So it keeps their mind sharp. It keeps them moving while they wait between breakfast and lunch. So you'll see out in the atrium, there's uh, some different beadwork that they do by hand. They sit, taught them how to do the beadwork. Then they realized, okay, well, we all need reading glasses. So then I gave them all reading glasses so they could do the beadwork and the handwork. But they began doing these different things and it keeps their brain going. It keeps them sharp. It gives them some pocket money that I buy the items back from them. Um, You'll see those in the lobby. Also, these, my two friends up here right now, um, our sewing project makes these different animals. Um, and there's some kind of crossbody purses as well. All of these, we have 12 ladies that sew in our sewing project full time. All the proceeds help to offset their salaries and then the extra proceeds go to buy the food for all the kids. Feeding a thousand mouths a day, it does get expensive. Um, so take a chance to purchase some animals in the lobby. We do take cash or credit card if that is something that you feel inclined to do. As a ministry overall, we've been able to equip and empower 51 people with jobs um, that a lot of them have come out of that garbage dump where you saw in the beginning. We were blessed with an opportunity with my husband and I when we got off the plane um, four weeks ago and we were met with a message from a donor saying, God, I feel like God is asking me to put up a matching donation with the time that you guys are in the States. Um, I'm willing to match dollar for dollar up to $50,000. Now, if you can feed a kid and care for a kid for a month for $10, imagine how far $100,000 can go in South Africa. Now, we're veering the end of our trip, and we have not met this goal quite yet. We're getting... We're gaining ground on it. Uh, my husband and I fly out tomorrow. So we're hoping that you guys will help push us through that last little bit and that we can really make the impact for what God continues to do at Lydia's mission and in South Africa. I have just a few minutes left. I just want to explain. A lot of people think my name's Lydia. I go by it in South Africa. I think it's God's kind of design that he gets the credit and not me. So I just respond to it. But Lydia comes out of the book of Acts, Acts 16. Um, Lydia was open to Paul and his companions traveling as foreigners. And she heard about Jesus and God from them, accepted, and then told her family and they accepted. And that was kind of the same scenario about me going to the garbage dump. They're open to me being a weird talking American um, and accepted, who accepted God and then told their children. A lot of their children now have accepted God. It's been quite fun because this is my husband's first time to America. He's South African. So it's fun that now he has the weird accent for once and not me. So, <laughs> but, um, but overall, I just really want to thank each of you guys and thank Southbrook as a whole for just being my support system year after year. I know you guys don't see me often, but it is a huge pleasure just to be able to be part of you all, even if we're listening online each week. So thank you so much, Eric, as well. Not at all. Good up to it. Good. Thank you, Southbrook. Um, gets me every time, girl. Um, <laughs> What's cool on so many levels is that Claire grew up here. She was a student when the, when the call was put on her. 
you are sitting out there today. Many of you students think, what, 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 what am I going to do? I'm, I'm young. What is God going to do? Are you kidding? Look at, like South Africa is an epicenter now for Christ because of what God put in her in high school. Yeah. Um, and you heard in the video, which I love so much. I love it. Was it what was your nurse's name? Anika? Anika. Anika. I love what she said, that you are constantly getting these visions. I love that because this is all God, what God is putting on you. And, sure. and faithfully, he is faithful to provide, which is incredible. And the reason we do this is, here's the thing. We've been in 2 Corinthians. If you read longer, like into 2 Corinthians, after Paul gets through the stuff we're talking about, he talks to his church in Corinth, the church that was thriving. And there's a scene where he says that our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem are in great need. They need you. What she's doing always blows my mind. Blows my mind. They need you. And if you have questions about how, how can I be of support and get involved, there's even a QR code that will go up on the screens if you're interested in this. There are trips that are going there. Les and Dana or Southbrookers who are a part of this. They, they orchestrate trips and all this. In fact, we're going to go there eventually, right, when I get my kids grown up and through. And, right, yeah, we're going to get there. But we are super excited about it. Lydia's mission is near and dear to our heart as a family. And just seeing where God has brought Claire and, and taken her to is just, I just, I'm, I'm blown away and inspired. So if you would, Southbrook, we would encourage you, go out. You have questions, talk in the atrium, buy some stuffed animals. My kids are going to absolutely ask for more, even though we've got quite a few. But, hey, we're, we're going to do whatever. All right? Um, but what we can really use is prayer. She could use prayer. And what I would like to do right now is I want to bring her husband, Sean, up on the stage. Give for him, man. He's, he's what, this is the first guy. He's going to be looking down. Looking down on me. My man, Sean, I love, I loved, we met uh, a couple weeks ago, and I just loved hearing the experience of this is your first time in the States, which is mind-blowing to hear. So I loved hearing the story of you being in Home Depot and just blown away about like, right? Of course, because he is such, he's a handyman. God has gifted him with something I don't have at all. So I, I can't <laughs> wait to learn from you. Um, but we want to pray for them. If you don't mind, Southbrook, I know this might sound weird to you. Um, but while we pray, don't, it's not weird. This is you saying, I am, we are with you. When we pray, would you mind putting your hands out towards them? All right? This is us saying, we are with you. We are praying with you. Okay? Let's do this. Dear God, I thank you so much uh, for Sean and Claire. Lord, I thank you for the vision and, and call you put into Claire. God, I thank you for the work you're doing. Through this couple, through their staff, through their leadership, Lord, I thank you so much that you make all things new and you make all things beautiful and you bring life to things that people think are dead like a dump. In that dump, you brought life and you continue to bring life. And Lord, we pray that that continues on and forward, that the name of Christ would be made much of every day. And I pray that Claire and Sean and Lydia's mission will get all the help it needs, the support it needs to continue to thrive for the kingdom. The gates of hell will not prevail. We thank you so much for the cross and for Christ and with that message that we cannot do anything but boldly proclaim what he has done in us. And so we pray for them for safe travels back as they hit the ground running with work right away. And uh, Lord, we just 
We just pray they, they stay strong, that they f- stay rested to pursue what you have put in them. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Southbrook. Thank you.